Well, hello and welcome to the Pastor and People Podcast. This is your host, Isaac Adams, and I am sitting here with the BD Anya Buile. What's good, T? Hey, what's good, man? Good to see you again. Good to see you, bro. Yeah. Well, uh, glad to be back here with you, chopping it up. Uh, just looking again at that verse in 2 Corinthians, uh, which I do have memorized now. <laughs> Before, you asked me if I did, but I got uh, got it down. Uh but talking about not lording things over people's faith. We're on this podcast called Pastor and People, uh, talking about working together, pastor and people, for their joy and their mutual full, their mutual edification mm, in the Lord. And uh, we've been on this series on holiness and purity, right? So before we talked about the beauty of holiness in a local church, mm. and then we talked about that statement that was from McShane, I think, the mm. people's greatest need a holy pastor, mm. right? We talked about how that was hyperbolic in a sense. Of course, the greatest need is Christ. Mm. Uh, but in this series of holy holiness and purity, I then want to switch to the pastor's greatest joy, mm. a holy people. Mm. So it was interesting, not even his greatest need, but you said his greatest joy mm. is a holy people. Why is it his joy? Well, I mean, when you look at the, the New Testament scriptures, and, and particularly when you look at Paul's writings, very often Paul can write to churches, even a church like Corinth, um, with all of her problems. Um, and Paul will say things like this, that you are the seal of my apostleship, right? And, and, and he will say things like, you know, what, what is our hope or our, our crown rejoicing? Is it not you? Re- referring to the local church. Um, or, or he'll say, uh, as he does with Corinthians, that, that what he's trying to do as a pastor is to present them to Christ as a chaste bride, mm-hmm. right, as a pure virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those really are different ways of expressing the pastor's joy when his people make progress in the faith, when his people uh, are being conformed to Christ, even when, as in the case with, with Corinth, when he can see their blemishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of what we're aiming at as pastors is to see our people, uh, to see Christ formed in our people, mm-hmm. right? Now we're talking Colossians, right? Christ right. in you, the hope of what? Glory. Right. Uh, glory is, is another word that, that includes in it the notion of, of God's own holiness, right? His own purity. Um, so what we're aiming at is to see our people conform to the likeness of Christ and, and if that's our true aim, then whenever we see that, in whatever degrees we see that, that's encouragement to us, that's joy to us, that's some indication that our meager efforts in the grace of Christ are bearing some fruit in the lives of his people. I mean, that's that's why we pastor. Yeah, T, I was reading uh, over here in our church, we're in Second Corinthians right now, I was reading just the text from uh, this week in my own time, Second Corinthians 7. And at the end of it, and this is Paul talking to Corinth uh, with all their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says in verse 16, he says, I rejoice because I have complete confidence in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just rejoice. And I'm like, this is Corinth. And mm-hmm. Paul is over here rejoicing. And it, it seems after they had admonished this man who was sleeping with his father's bride. And Paul mm-hmm. is saying, I have confidence in you. And it mm-hmm. seems connected directly to their holiness and their progression in it. Amen. Amen. So then what? talking about a church's corporate witness mm-hmm. then uh what is the effect of on the witness that a holy church has yeah we all know churches that have been um slandered or ridiculed or um rejected rightly 
because the people in the community have come to know that that church has been involved in some level of scandal or immorality. Could be the pastor who has um, fallen morally and uh, is unrepentant, perhaps still continuing in the pastorate. Um, it could be some scandal among the members. Um where that immorality in the eyes of the world becomes justification for the world to, to mock and ridicule the church. Mm-hmm. Now, they do that for any number of reasons, most of them not, not good, but, but that's what happens. Well, holiness has the opposite effect. You know, when, whenever we read, say, in the book of Acts or, or in the New Testament, you see these unusual outpourings of the Spirit of God among the people of God. And one of the things you see is this quickening of God's people, mm-hmm. this zeal, mm-hmm. this delighting in righteousness, and an awe, an awe that fong- falls among the people, mm-hmm. and an awe that sort of you know has its effect in the community. That's right. So that that beauty of holiness, in some ways, gets seen, right, and it authenticates the message, and it and it verifies our profession, mm-hmm. um, and in all of that, it it tells the truth about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's no mistake that Jesus prays in his high priestly prayer in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is true. But if you just keep reading, if you read that whole prayer, you'll see how many times he he prays for his own glory, Mm -hmm. for the Father's glory, for their glory to rest upon their people, Mm -hmm. uh, and for the people to see his glory. And how often he prays with an eye toward those things being visible to the world, having a witnessing effect to the world. So he says, you know, glorify me so that they may know that you sent me. Mm. Uh, What's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about the ways in which um, his beauty, his splendor is seen in his people and how that confirms the truth that the Father really did send the Son into the world to redeem the world. So it witnesses to the gospel. It witnesses to the the sort of moral growth of, of God's people. And that's that again redounds in the pastor's heart with a great joy mm-hmm. to a great joy. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk later, and we've talked a little bit before about how working for this holiness is hard work, mm-hmm. right? Killing mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. Uh, is hard work unless it's going to be killing you, it's right? Warfare, as, right? Right, as Owen said. Um, but it's funny because before we also talked about how holiness eases shepherding. Growth and holiness, mm-hmm. at least, ease of shepherding. Do you find? I mean, do you find that to be the case in your pastoring? Yeah. yeah. E- even when I mean, one, one of the things that uh, delights me most in pastoral ministry, I enjoy pastoral counseling. Um, it's it's sanctifying for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's sanctifying. I trust for God's people. But seeing something like a couple in deep marital conflict fight for their marriage like Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, there's real brokenness there. There's real trouble there. There's real pain there. None of that's being ignored. But they are pressing into it and pressing through it with the resources of the gospel and the hope of Christ and the word of God and and maybe clawing, you know, for inches of territory. Man, that's that's hard and gruesome in some ways, but it's glorious. Mm. It's glorious to see people fight through um, toward holiness and to to bear the 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 name of Christ in the midst of intimate difficulty, wow. uh, as an example. And so, even though you're working with those people through hard things, there's a kind of ease in that. There's a kind of joy in that. You weep over the brokenness, but you rejoice that um, they they are pressing toward the mark mm-hmm. in that way. Um, 
or to have people who are who are basically doing well, mm-hmm. which is which is another way of talking about holiness, right? You know, it's a wonderful thing to, yeah. to pastor people who are basically doing well. And praise God, I think in most of the churches, that's going to be most of the membership, right? Um, and so those people become uh, a help to you if they're involved in making disciples and the work of the church. They become a help to you, um, one for your own encouragement, but also in caring for other sheep That's right. um, who also need you know more help than you can give them. Right. So it becomes a joy to pastor a holy church in that way and to see people growing, see people serving, or to see people clawing their way through difficulty because they're trusting Christ. Right. Um, that 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 lights the pastor's soul. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think of one time uh, uh, I was talking to a brother who's an elder, and I said, you know, what are ways we can uh, serve the eldership? And he, in tongue-in-cheek, but he said, stop sinning. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would, well, I mean, you know, he, he's being tongue-in-cheek. Right, that, you right, know, but there, there's a sting in the tail, right? So, because <laughs> so, the reality is this, you know, um, a faithful pastor, a pastor faithful to his people and faithful to his Lord, will get involved appropriately in the lives of his members who are taken in sin. That's just Galatians 6, 1 and 2. You who are spiritual, um, you know, someone's taken in the fault, go restore them, right, gently. Um, so if you've got a faithful shepherd and he's aware of some significant sin issue in your life, um, the measure of his faithfulness is he's going to come to you and look to address that with you biblically and appropriately, right? But nobody likes doing that. <laughs> And you find a guy who likes doing that, there's something else at work. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, who, who gets a, a odd kind of glee yeah. out of correcting people. Yeah. There's something else going on in his heart. But you get a faithful shepherd who, who may not mind doing it because he's faithful. Right. But it's not the thing he most wants to do. Uh, he's doing it out of necessity and out of love. Um, and, and so his job is easier when the people stop sinning, you know, when the people, when the people, you know, um, you know, come to the Lord's table, examining themselves in, in contrition and keep short accounts with God right. and, and, and delight to be convicted of sin right. and respond to it like Christians by, by turning again to Christ right. and the grace of the gospel. Um, those those people, you love the shepherd. Uh, and the rest of you say, stop sinning. <laughs> stop sinning, man. Stop sinning. That's right. Well, in, in any way, uh, it, make, it does make me think of what we were talking about earlier, and I kind of want to switch to this holiness and vibrancy. Though, mm-hmm. uh, because... Obviously, we're being tongue-in-cheek. We'll never stop sinning until the last day when we're mm. with the Lord. Yeah. Um, but the less we sin, the more vibrant our witness becomes. And we do pray, you know, as years go on, as decades go on, Lord, help us to stop sinning mm-hmm. as much, at mm-hmm. least. But uh, can you just uh, just flesh out that relationship between holiness and vibrancy? Because earlier, even in reference to John 17, you're talking about, Jesus wants to be glorified so that they, so that the people, the world might know that God has sent him, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there's obviously a correlation between how vibrant a church is. You even yeah. mentioned churches who have bad reputations in their community, mm-hmm. vibrant in the, in the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, first is to say, you know, we, we do believe in, in victory over sin. We, we don't believe in perfectionism, right? Uh, to your point. So we, we, we won't be perfected until we see Christ. And when we see him, we'll be like him, First John 3, 2 and 3. Um, and, and yet, um, there, there is real victory in, in our battle against sin. And uh, as you said, sin less, 
Um, some sins that we used to commit, we are able by God's grace to stop altogether. Um, other sins they grieve us if we're really if we're really Christians. They, when we commit them, we really grieve over those sins. We don't we don't seek to sin, um, and and so God is is winning that victory in us um, as we march toward the day of glory. Um, and in that victory is this vibrancy. So the other way to think about holiness is um, we are alive to God mm. in the way that we were meant to be originally mm. before the fall. Um, and so we are, we are turned toward God with a warm affection, with a friendly heart. We are turned toward God with our mindset on the things above, not the things below. Um, we are turned toward God, yielding our bodies to righteousness, not to unrighteousness, mm. Romans. Mm. Um, and so that, that life yielded to God is, is a vibrant life. There's a, there's a radiating impulse. Um, the way McShane, Robert Murray McShane would put it, to quote him again, we were talking right. about him earlier, yeah. uh, in the title of his little classic book, The Life of God and the Soul of Man. That's mm. how he describes a Christian. Mm. Well, that's, what, that's what's going on in the Christian life. Christ has taken up residence. So again, back to John 17, right. where Jesus prays and says, listen, me and the Father will come and make our home in you. Mm. Okay, well, that that is going to mean the kind of radiating out of um, genuine spiritual fervor. Mm. Um, and the pursuit of holiness then is going to mean um, this Romans 12, not letting your zeal grow cold, but mm. keeping your fervor. Mm. Um, and so there's going to be this energy in the Christian life. There's going to be this awakening in the Christian life, um, all of which are kind of the, the results of an increased holiness, an increased consecration to Christ, mm. um, an increased devotion to Christ, and 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 the sort of increased cleansing of heart and mind and and life. Mm. Um, that that that's just going to be um, you, you think of you think of things that are uh, sort of everything sort of radiates on a frequency, sort mm-hmm. of sort of vibrates on mm-hmm. a frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as you get in tune with God's holiness, that that greater vibrating on that mm-hmm. frequency of holiness um, is, is what one will see, both individually and collectively uh, in, our, in our local assemblies. Right, because if I'm recalling correctly, you have a book entitled The Life of God and the Soul of the Church, correct? Mm-hmm. Completely plagiarizing from <laughs> McShane. You know, when you I said just, that, I was like, my man is plagiarized. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was the introduction. <laughs> okay, well, you know? okay. so I haven't he, gotten that far. So J.I. Packer critiques, uh, critiques McShane, McS- McShane's book by saying, interestingly, that the gospel wasn't explicit enough in his book. Hmm. And secondly, that um, the book is... Really, because it's written as letters to a friend, the right. book is pretty individualistic. Mm. Um, and so I just took the germ of that idea and said um, in a sermon series that I preached while I was in Cayman, um, that's how, how do we make this more gospel-centered and how do we make this more corporate? How do we mm. make this, how do we do this with the view, uh, with, the, with the, the whole church in view? Um, and so that life of God in the soul of man, which is what makes the individual Christian, right. well, that very life is is the same life that we share with each other. Mm-hmm. Christ is alive in all of us mm-hmm. if we're Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fellowship and communion and sharing and partnering, koinonia, right. that, that's the sharing of that same life. And that's, that's, that's what fellowship is. 
And that's what collective growth and holiness is. It's not a program. Um, it's not some kind of 30 days of this or 75 days to that. It's the sharing of the life of God. Um, and the more we do that, the more we are conformed to his image, the, the more we grow in holiness. Amen. Well, I want to pause there because that that's going to spring into our next topic, which is just discussing how then do we do this together? How mm. do we, and as you said, frankly, how do we fight mm. for this together? Because mm. it is warfare, mm. uh, right? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, mm. uh, and our enemy would not love nothing more, frankly, than um, us to give up this fight, Amen. us to give in. So let, let's pause there, and then we'll pick it up next time talking about fighting together for holiness Sweet. as a body. Sweet.